Kelsey and Mikkel. Welcome back to Mormon Discussion. How are you guys today? Good. How are you, Bill? I am doing awesome. So the last time we talked, and the listener's going to hear these kind of all back to back to back, but it's probably been, man, it's probably been two months since we did uh, the first go around interviews, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was right around my excommunication that we did those. And uh, we had a conversation with each of you separately. We talked about your, you know, the the two of you, your your experiences growing up, your experiences uh, in the church, uh, what it was like to be um, essentially a, a you know a lesbian, but doing this Mormon thing the the Mormon way. And mm-hmm. we ended with the two of you kind of getting to a point of uh, where you two met, and so that's where we've brought the story to. So here we are in part three. And uh, I would encourage listeners to go back and make sure they listen to parts one and two first to get your guys' individual stories. And today we want to talk about uh, you guys meeting and what it means to step away from Mormonism and to uh, essentially fully accept who you are and to to be in love and, and the development that comes with being outside the church. So maybe between the two of you, start us off by just telling us... Uh, your, your guys, how you met and, and what that experience looked like and uh, what it was like to, to meet somebody that you're actually attracted to and, and to have a relationship. Well, I have to say that I'm definitely really excited for this part of the story because the, the past has been pretty difficult and hard. And this, uh, this is where true happiness started for, for me. So, um, I had been out of the church. I had divorced and been out of the church for about three years uh, when I first met Mikkel. And I probably should let her tell her story. Um, I I had dated a few different women through that time, but nobody that I connected with like I did with Mikkel. So... Um, her story kind of is the one that starts us off, so I'll let her take over. Um, I had come out to some mutual friends that Kelty and I had. Um, they were lesbians, and um, I, I reached out to them knowing that they would be a good support and a, a place that I could talk to someone else who knew what it was like to be a lesbian. And um, they neither of them had grown up LDS and so they didn't really know how to help me navigate church and leaving church or anything church related and so they had said hey we know this girl her name's Kelsey she has a similar story and um you should reach out to her and so I did they gave me her phone number and so initially Kelsey and I just started texting and I would ask her all kinds of questions you know this is how I'm feeling and how can how can God have made me be, you know, be lesbian and how can he still love me? And just, I I basically started pouring my heart out to her and um, she would answer questions and just let me vent and just really great support. So that's initially how things started. And then we decided to meet and, and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that that was awesome. Yeah, well, we technically I I had already somewhat met her thanks to technology. I uh I stalked her on Facebook, of course. <laughs> and um and I thought that she was very attractive. She was very yeah, very attractive. <laughs> so, yeah, we were I was excited to meet up with her and just initially I don't I don't know if I I don't think I was planning on anything happening between us, but I, I more than anything wanted to be a support and a help to her because I knew what she was going through. I was three years ahead of her in this process. And so I've already, I had already been through that. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough coming out of the church and, and trying to be authentic to yourself and not feel ashamed and, um, guilted by by others who are still there and not seeing your journey for what it is. Yeah, like Kelsey said, I don't think either of us really had any other intentions except to just share our stories. And so we went out to dinner and she shared her story and I shared mine. But I, I, I 
instantly thought, oh my gosh, she is so cute. And I love listening to her talk and she's got a great fun personality. And um, I, I wanted to spend more time with her. Yeah. And the same for me. Uh, we sat, we went and had dinner together and we just sat and talked. I don't even know how long we were there. We were there for quite a while, just talking and eating and sharing our stories and seeing how similar things were and, and how different things were as well. I was still married at the time. And so Kelsey even offered um, to talk to my ex-husband, you know, she said, I'm sure he has questions and I'm glad to talk to him and try and help him understand and process things because at the time um, my, my ex still was thinking that one of two things, one that he had done something wrong or two that I was just choosing this and, and he didn't quite understand, you know, he himself was going through a lot of, of stuff and trying to process. And so it was awesome. You know, later that night we did, we went and picked up my ex-husband. We went and grabbed some ice cream all together and she was able to help him understand some things. And, um, that's, that's how it started. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, again, knowing your guys' story, I'm, I'm, I know the listener is going to be kind of interested. I mean, Kelsey, you, you dated, uh, some women and and so you're you're to the point maybe three years in where at least you're comfortable kind of in your own skin um but but for Mikkel, this is like the the first branching out this is the the first time you're kind of saying like like this is who I am um I'm wondering if you can kind of maybe look back and say like man I was feeling this or I thought this or I was wondering about that and like what was it like to kind of live this life that wasn't who you were and then suddenly now you're you're branching out into kind of feeling out like who you are in your own skin yeah it's funny because I when I first saw Kelsey um I did I felt kind of giddy and like butterflies in my stomach and I got there uh, before she did and so I saw her walking up and I thought, man, she is so beautiful and so cute. And, and, um, so it, it, there was still this part of me that thought maybe this is just a phase. This is just, you know, it's something different. It's something new. And so maybe these feelings aren't real. And, um, I just allowed myself this, the space to even think those things and feel the things that I was feeling and as we spent more time together, it just got deeper. I, I liked her more and I wanted to get to know her more. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about her. And I wanted to be around her all of the time. And um, it, it became harder and harder for me to stay in the relationship that I was in with, you know, like I said, I was still married at the time. And, and we, my ex-husband and I had talked about, you know, we've been married for 19 years, so maybe we just keep trying to make this work. We've made it work for this long. It can't, it can't be that bad. And um, he even said to me at one point that if I needed to go have an, an affair to, you know, to solidify what I really was, that I, that I could do that. Um, but because of Mormonism and, you know, I couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom having a relationship with somebody else while still being married to him. So when I first came out um, and initially, like after I divorced, it was very freeing to be able to let go of all of that pretend life. And it's also terrifying at the same time, though, um, there's, it's such a mixture of like, I feel so free and I am so terrified <laughs> because I've never traveled this path before. I've never been able to truly be myself. And so for me, it was, it, it took me, it took me a little bit to finally get comfortable in. I think it does for anybody who comes out. You have to essentially figure out who you are all over again from yep. the beginning. Yep all over again. And so it takes a bit for you to, to get comfortable and to realize, 
I'm, I'm okay. I'm, and I feel great. And I know after I divorced my ex-husband, it was that I, I did, I just felt free and I felt so good. And I tried for a little bit after I divorced to stay in the church, but eventually I couldn't do that anymore. And when I left the church, I felt even more free and just like I could actually be myself. And that's such a wonderful feeling. Yeah. I want to, I want to hit on the idea because I think there is this difference that by the time you meet Mikkel, I I'm guessing you're kind of beyond the shame culture of Mormon. And again, we all feel it, I think for maybe for the rest of our lives every now and then, but generally speaking, we're able to kind of distance ourselves as time goes by um, from, from this culture that says, if you don't do things this certain way, you should feel shame and guilt. Um, but I'm curious, Mikel, if, I mean, this again, being fresh, you're kind of walking this line of looking behind you and seeing this culture that says you should fit a certain mold. And then you, and then you meet this person that for the first time, here's this real attraction, this real, like, like this is the realest thing you've ever, ever been a part of. I'm just curious, maybe as you say, like, Hey, I'm having all these positive feelings. If there's also some uh, hints of shame and guilt kind of as you're entering this new stage of life as well. Yeah, it, it, it was really interesting, especially looking back in the moment. Um, it was, it was so tumultuous because there were times where, like Kelsey said, it, it was so freeing. And I finally felt like I was being more true to myself than I had ever been. And yet at the same time, there were lots of feelings of shame and guilt and feeling like I was letting everyone around me down, my family, my children, you know, friends. And, um, I, I, almost had to like cross the line all the way, if that makes sense. It was either I was all in or I was all out. I couldn't keep playing both sides. And so I, I did, I, I decided that I was going to be all the way done with church and with trying to pretend to be something that I wasn't. And um, once I decided it was much easier for me to, let go of the past and just move forward. Yeah, beautiful, um, Kelsey. I'm. I'm I want to ask this to both of you, but we'll start with you. In terms of support, so you you step away from the church. You're living life the way the universe made you to be a lesbian, and uh, and this is all you know. This is new ground. It's new ground for you. It's new ground for Mikkel to just be authentic and to be yourself. Um, what was, what was the response of those around you? Uh, and, you know, as you move forward in this new direction, what was the response of those around you who loved you and cared about you in terms of support? So I had some really good friends. I believe I mentioned in, in the other podcast, um, that had supported me and were there to help me get out of my marriage and, I don't remember if I said or not, but just after I divorced, I actually went on a couple of dates with some guys hoping and thinking that maybe, maybe I, you know, it was just the wrong guy. Maybe I could make this work with a different guy <laughs> and they supported me through that. But then when, after I had, you know, gone on a couple of dates, I was kind of like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And and these friends of mine were just like, Kelsey, we'll support you and love you no matter what. Like you, you be you. And uh, they were probably the biggest help and support to me. When I came out to my parents, it was a shock for them. Um, they went through a mourning process and my parents still in the church. Um, they, it, it was it took probably a good year before they made some shifting of their own. Um, <laughs> they loved me. There was never a doubt of that ever. I knew that my parents loved me and they had told me that from the beginning, but it's still difficult as I'm trying to figure things out and 
and figure out who I am. My parents are also having to go through almost their own coming out and being like, okay, you know, what, what do we believe in and what do we think? And, and they had to do a lot of their own changing themselves. Um, but I have amazing parents. I have an amazing family. My siblings, um, I'd have to say that all of my siblings have been fantastic. I've never felt any, any judgment or anything from them. It was almost like I came out and they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> uh, and my, my parents, my mom just immersed herself in, um, different groups for parents with LGBTQ, uh, kids. And she found such a strong community there and was able to, to get some answers from loving people who had already been through what she was just going through. Um, and, and my parents have made leaps and bounds just, just as I have. I'm so grateful to them. So my support system has been, has really been fantastic. At first, my parents, when I started dating some other guys, they're like, okay, yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna make this work. So I kind of think I gave them a false hope of, of that, you know, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna make this work. It's gonna be okay. And then when I realized that I, I wasn't, it wasn't going to work. Um, I kind of tried to talk to them about it. And my parents were like, well, it's okay that you're, you're gay. You just can't act on it. And my mom would show me video, YouTube videos of mixed orientation marriages where these people were making it work. And it just put that weight back on my shoulders. It was that was really a difficult time for me because more than anything, I just wanted to be me. I wanted to find somebody who I could truly and absolutely love. And so that was really hard. And then one day my mom sat down with me. She's like, I have another video to show you. And I thought, oh, great. <laughs> Here we go again. Here's another one. And we watched this video with these two lesbian women who had both served missions and been very faithful. And they came home from their missions. They found each other and fell in love. And one of them attempted suicide because her mother uh, was not willing to accept her and and love her for who she was. And when she attempted suicide, her mother then realized, okay, my daughter's happiness is more important than, than what anyone else says, <laughs> what any other religion says. And my mom turned off the video and just looked at me with tears in her eyes. And she said, Kelsey, I love you. I love you. And that's the most important thing. I want you to be happy. And then from that point, that weight just came off my shoulders and and they have supported me and my dating of women and they love Mikkel. So it's been awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. Mikkel, on your end, um, how have things been? So I had a pretty tumultuous, um, difficult relationship with, with several of my family members. And um, when I came out... My family, they've not wanted to be a part of my life, which has been really difficult in a lot of ways. Um, so I had, I had gotten together with Kelsey and finally felt like life was really good because here is this person that I am attracted to and I'm experiencing these feelings that had been absent, you know, my, my entire marriage. And, um, I had, I knew I had one safe person in my family that I could talk to, and it was my cousin, Heather, and she lives in Las Vegas. And so shortly after I had moved out of my ex-husband's house, I had moved in with Kelsey. We went down to Las Vegas to visit my cousin, Heather, and I knew she was a safe space because I had seen some stuff that she had posted on Facebook that was supportive of the LGBTQ community. And so we drove down to Las Vegas. We we stayed at her house. And while we were there, um, it just felt awesome to have somebody love me and not 
like there was nothing that was expected. It was just, they loved me. And, and while we were there, Heather, um, Heather told me that she had a brother-in-law and some good friends that lived in St. George, which is where we lived. And, um, she gave me, she gave me their names and phone numbers and told me where they worked. And so I decided to reach out one day. I don't, you get to this point where you're, you need a support system. You need people who are willing to love you no matter what. And having no family to really lean on and support me and not very many friends, um, I didn't really feel like there was much risk. What else could I lose, you know? So I did. I, I came into your pawn shop wanting to see what I could get for my wedding ring, not needing the money, but just kind of checking you out and um, checking out Heather's claims that you guys were awesome people. And I'll never forget because... You called Chris and said, hey, I've got Mikkel here. She's Heather's cousin. Heather had already filled you in and I had already filled Chris in. And you said, she's got this ring. This is what it looks like. And and Chris said, whatever she needs, give it to her. You guys didn't even know me. And then um, we met for dinner and me, you and Chris and Don and Kelsey and you guys have changed my life in more ways than I could ever say. People need a community. People need a family. People need a tribe. And it's difficult when you leave an old tribe. The The church was our tribe. That was our family. And when you leave, it's really hard because you desire, you long for connection and for people to support and love you. And we weren't getting that from the church. We didn't receive that from the people there. And so to leave and feel so alone to, and then to have people like you, Bill, there's such a great community out there. We have a great community here in St. George of allies. Mikkel and I recently had a little gathering for LGBTQ people here in, in St. George, and we had more allies show up to our house than we had any of the LGBTQ community. But that to me was so amazing to know that we have such a strong support. There are people out here who are, who will take you into their arms and love you for who you are. You you don't have to be afraid of that. We're not alone. Yeah. As people reach out and they're like, man, this thing's a mess. I just, you know, discovered three months ago that my faith system isn't what it claimed to be. And they're like, what do I do? And, you know, there's all these things we can talk about. We can talk about what the journey looks like. We can talk about development. We can talk about how to make it work with, you know, the the family members who are still in. There's all those conversations. But the thing I say is the most important thing, the most important thing is to find at least one other person that you can be completely yourself around and and there's no judgment and you can essentially be able to walk this journey side by side with somebody. And uh, the the day that, you know, I met you, Mikkel, um, yes, Heather and Clay reached out to us and said, hey, we've got, you know, we've got Heather's cousin. Uh, this is her situation. She's just left a marriage with a man. She's a lesbian. She's just now beginning to kind of distance herself from Mormonism and to be who she really is. And I just, I'm like, wow, I want to know who this new person is. Like I want community too. Like you, you had your journey going on, but at the same time here in Southern Utah, we were, you know, Chris and I were just beginning uh, and our wives with us beginning to say like, oh, this really isn't working. Like I had just gone inactive in the church, I mean, almost at the same time. And going out to dinner with the two of you, by the way, are you guys big fans of sake? No. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I thought sake was fine. I liked it. It tasted it, a whole lot of flavors. <laughs> we, I, I had had sake before, but really bad sake. <laughs> And this was better sake, but it wouldn't be my it wouldn't be my beverage of choice. I'm not a not a big alcohol guy, but uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a fun experience though. And 
and the listeners don't know our you know our friends Chris and Don the two of them they uh, they're they're big on making sure people have fun they're big on making sure that people have good experiences and so it was it was a blast I mean the first night we all met we you know we just got you guys to tell your story and immediately the three of us were like man we want to be around these two these two are cool and so I think it's maybe a couple of days later that uh, we have an event, kind of just the the six of us. My wife uh, is there, uh, me, uh, Chris and Dawn, the two of you. And by the end of the night, I mean, it just felt like we were the best of friends and we'd known each other our entire lives. Yeah. And so the six of us kind of just became really close really quickly. And over the last, I don't know what it's been now. Do you remember, Mikkel or Kelsey, what the date like? Do you guys, either one of you guys know what the date was on in terms of when we first met? It was sometime in December, the first part of December of um, last year, so 2017. Yeah, so it's been it's been a little over a year, but it feels like longer <laughs> than that. Like you said, I feel like I feel like I I've known you my whole yeah. life, and that we grew up together, yeah. and you've always been my best yeah, friend. It's, it, it is. I feel the same way, and. Uh, over the just a little over a year, and so it starts off with the six of us, and and little by little, kind of getting to meet other people and seeing, you know, because you can tell. I mean, you you get to know pretty quickly, like who's willing to be vulnerable, who's willing to be authentic, who's who's willing to trust enough to like expose themselves and see and be seen. And now we're to the point where I think we've got like seven couples. Uh, and, and, and not just here in Southern Utah, there's other couples in, in Vegas and Henderson, there's other couples in Arizona. Arizona. And, and so it's to the point now where essentially almost every weekend, a segment of us are getting together and just, I've never enjoyed life so much. It's, it's the realest thing I've ever been a part of. Um, and I wondered if maybe the two of you could just speak for a moment about any one of those things that are important to you, vulnerability, authenticity, uh, seeing and being seen, trust, safe spaces. I mean, all of those things I think are crucial to the community we built. And and I always tell people I'm grateful to Mormonism for what it did for younger me, but it it never had the ability to be the kind of community I have now. And what I have now is the greatest thing I've ever, ever been a part of. And I just wanted to give you guys a chance to, because I'm always telling people how cool my friends are. And I'm always telling people <laughs> that they need to find community like I found community. I'm just curious maybe what your thoughts are. Yeah, Kelsey and I have talked um, a lot about how while we were both in the church, we never really had the level of connection with other people that we have now with our group of friends. And I think part of it is, at least for me, when I was deeply in Mormonism, it's, it was really scary to be vulnerable, to be real. One, because I was afraid of um, a lot of different things. I, I mean, I didn't really want people to know me. And so it's a lot of surface level conversations. You know, you don't, you don't really want to know how, how people are doing. You don't want to know what their struggles are. You don't want to feel their pain. You don't, you, you know, I, you, you talk about carrying one another's burdens and, and doing that, but you really don't, at least for me in Mormonism, nobody really lived that. And so it's been awesome to, um, be able to have real conversations. I mean, there's several times where, we have brought you and Amanda into some of our disagreements and had you guys help us see what we don't see. You know, you, you, you know me well enough that you can tell me, don't go down the rabbit hole, Mikkel. And that will, that will pull me out quicker than, than anything. Whereas in the past, it was very easy for me to spiral and then I'd stay stuck, stay down in that hole for days at a time. And, and so it's been amazing to have this group of friends who, one are willing to see you, but also allow themselves to be seen and where you can talk about your pain and your struggle in deep and meaningful ways. One, because you know, they love you and they're not going to judge you Two, because oftentimes they've experienced something similar. So they know what you're going through and they are willing to sit with you through that, but also 
not go down the rabbit hole with you um, and and dwell there, but they're able to help lift you out. And um, I've never had this level of deep friendship before in my entire life. And I love it. I think for myself, authenticity is so such a big thing. Um, I know that within my own family, we always put on this picture of perfection. We didn't want people to see the messiness. We didn't want people to see the hardships. And I, I think I was quite a challenge for my parents when I came out because she, my parents could no longer hide. They couldn't hide me. There wasn't any way to be like, uh, yeah, this, this isn't happening. Like I came out and, and so they had to accept that. And so my parents had to let go of that picture of perfection. Um, and other things happened throughout my family's, you know, history since then that have really shaken that, that picture of perfection. And it's been so good though, because I, I have, I feel like so many, so many families do try to show just, oh yeah, we're good. Things are perfect. Things are fine. When really inside things, things are messy. And I, I only wish that people had been able to be authentic to me before that I could have had that before so that we could share the struggles that we were going through and, and help each other and really grow. That really hasn't come until, until now when we've, we've created, we found this group here in St. George. I, I completely agree with everything that Mikkel said. It's that's exactly how I feel when you can have people I'm, it's not just me being authentic. Yeah, I have come out and I'm being authentic to myself. But then I have all of these other people who are being authentic right there with me who haven't necessarily, they're not gay. They're, they don't have any of that. I think most of the people in our, in our circle are, are straight heterosexual couples, but they have opened themselves up to be like, yeah, this is the messiness in our lives and we just being able to open up to each other and to show that authenticity and to just love each other for it and be able to talk about it and laugh about it and cry about it. It really is such a beautiful thing. It's been cool to build because, you know, in the beginning you mentioned that, that this has been a journey for you too, um, being able to love and accept the LGBT, um, community. And so it, it's been really awesome to help confront some of those um, issues within our group in a safe space. Because like you said, sometimes you don't know what you don't know until you're faced, until you're, you're confronted with something different. And um, I love that our group is willing to ask themselves questions, hard questions about, you know, why do I believe what I believe and why am I feeling this way? And we're able to talk about things in, in a safe space where we know that there's not judgment, where we know that we're, we're going to be accepted and loved, even though there's hard things and we may not always agree on certain issues. We can talk about it in a way that, um, that feels safe because we know that you guys love us and because we know that you're not going to judge us for thinking or feeling or believing something different than the rest of the group. It's been, it's, and you guys have hit on all these points and, and I just want to reiterate them because I think they're so important, which is in the previous community we had, and it's not just Mormonism, it's a lot of religious systems and maybe most of them, if not all of them, um, it's other tribes you belong to, but there's an idea like, if you belong to this tribe, here's what you have to look like, walk like, and talk like. And you mm -hmm. realize that if I don't do things the way we do things in this tribe, my value is somehow less than. Right. And so we hide, and we shield, and we put on the face we want others to see instead of our real face. And then you get to this community, 
And what everybody wants is they, and excuse my language, but they want your shit. Yeah. They they want you to be messy. They they don't want you to hide. They don't want you to shield. And it's, so it's the first time in my life where I don't feel like I'm hiding anything. Yeah. Um, I am just being me. And if and if you you know if you and I disagree on something, like let's just talk about it, and we'll we can even poke at each other in terms of saying like, yeah, what you did there wasn't okay. You know, there's there was a time in my kitchen a few weeks ago, Mikkel, <laughs> where I had I had um, said something to my wife, and the four of us were having a conversation about what my motives were behind why I said it. And I gave the fake answer. I said, you know, I said it because of reason A. And and Kelsey's shaking her head up and down. And my wife's trying to accept that. Uh, and it would have allowed me to get off the hook. And and you looked at me and said, that ain't true. <laughs> and the <laughs> moment you said it, like, I'm like, oh, she got me. She sees it. She sees my mechanism. And And reason A was like 30% true. But it was really reason B that was the majority of why I was doing what I was doing. And we have this, we have this relationship, the four of us, the six of us, the 14 of us, we have this relationship now where in the few moments where we're still hiding, not only do others in the group see it, but they're calling us on it. And they're calling, calling us on it without any judgment. Like, yeah, we all do that, but let's stop doing that. Right. Let's just be honest. Let's just be real. And when you know that the person next to you is willing to call you out on your unhealthy mechanisms with zero judgment, full love, full acceptance, man, it suddenly it suddenly becomes easy to grow. It becomes easy to lean into like working on the things you've done your entire lives that and at the end of the day, they might get you through another day, but they're really not working. Right. Um, anyway, th- those are my thoughts as I'm, as you guys shared some of that. And I just, again, I, I want nothing more. I love, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love going to work. I love my job, but there's nothing I love more than me and my wife getting together with our friends. Um, if, if life, you know, I went in, in a dream world, the 14 of us live on an island and we take applications from others if they want to be vulnerable and authentic too. <laughs> but we all live on an island and we just have fun every day just enjoying each other's company. I can't. Um, any other thoughts kind of on that before we kind of move out of that space? Um, yeah. I, one thing that I've really noticed too is that when I was – when I was in the church, it had all of the answers for me. And so you had mentioned something about growth. And I really feel like since leaving the church and being with this group, I have I have such a strong desire to learn and to grow. Uh, I didn't really have that much of a desire before because, you know, the church had all the answers for me. But now I'm in this whole different realm, this whole different world where I don't have all of the answers. I and and it's okay. I'm okay with not having answers to things, but I am loving this journey of of discovering and learning what I can through through science and through just through you guys, through our friends. It's it's amazing. I love that all of us, like you had said, all of us in our group, I think we have different ideas and different thoughts on spirituality and and religion. We all have different ideas and thoughts on a God or the universe, but that doesn't change anything in our group. We can sit and have deep discussions about things and end up with, you know, well, yeah, that's a cool thought. And yeah, I don't know if I believe that myself, but that's awesome. And, and we still have that respect and we're able to talk to each other and help each other to see different points of view. So that is definitely something that I love. In the, in the past, I would sit with people who I knew thought different things than me, and I would simply not engage the conversation out of fear that I would somehow not be allowed to be part of 
the group because I believe something different. And, and it wasn't, again, it wasn't just Mormonism. It would be politics. If you get into a conversation and, you know, you're a, you're a conservative and the other person's a liberal or vice versa, and you're suddenly saying, like, I'm not going to tell them that I disagree with this thing that they just rallied behind. Um, you point out something, which is in our group, first off, we all recognize, like, we all have guesses about what the big questions, what those answers are, but we all recognize that none of us really have the answer or know the answer. Uncertainty is in some ways treasured. Uh, I like the questions, and if somebody starts telling me they know the answers with absolute absolute certainty, they can't be part of our cool club. <laughs> right? <Agreed. laughs> and, uh, and so, and so, Kels, you and I have sat down before and you know, you've got thoughts about like energy and plants and um, just all the various wildlife on the earth. And, and I'm much more like a skeptic. And if I can't see it, I can't believe it. And, and yet you and I can sit and we'll have a conversation for an hour about that. And I don't feel any judgment towards you. I don't feel you having any judgment towards me. I like the, the idea that in our group, there's a diversity of opinion on the questions that have invisible answers. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it comes to the questions that have visible answers, like we're all learning from each other. We're sharing podcasts with each other. We're all, we're recommending books to each other. And this group just wants to learn it, man. It's again, it's just the most amazing thing. Mm -hmm. um, Mikkel thoughts from you. No, I just agree. I, I agree with everything that you and Kelsey have said. It's been nice to have a, a group of people where, we are continually learning and um, willing to to step into things that are slightly uncomfortable um, to allow ourselves that opportunity to keep growing. And I love I love the dynamic that we have. Um, like you said, we we are able to have sometimes diff, difficult or tough conversations where we are asking hard questions and allowing space for each of us in you know, whatever space we're in. But I also like that sometimes you guys force me to be a little bit uncomfortable um, so that I can grow. You do it in a way that's loving and you're able to point things out where I'm still stuck in old patterns or old coping mechanisms. And um, I love it. I love it. It used to really, you know, if, if anybody in the past tried to be critical or or offer some feedback I became really defensive and I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it I'm I'm better at it than I used to be but I would completely cause me to shut down and um, I'm finding that more and more I'm able to look at things that come up and move forward rather than spiraling backwards and I love it yeah it seems it seems again in this group that um collectively we keep like risking ourselves to each other. Like, like, let me tell you this thing about myself or let me reveal this shadow about myself. And there have been a thousand opportunities for, for one person in the group to get uncomfortable or to be turned off by what that person's shadow was or what that person's belief was or what that person's mechanism was. And every time you take that chance in this group, the best of things happen. It's not, it's not one of these things where, where somebody's distancing or deflecting or dismissing you or pushing you away. It's where they look you in the eye and go, yeah, I kind of deal with that too. And let's talk about it. it. It, again, it's just been such a safe space to grow in. I, uh, I will throw out and, and I, I don't think I would be okay with this interview if I didn't, but if there are people who are listening who live in Southern Utah, and that sounds like the kind of community you want, then by all means, like reach out to us. Like we, we are more than wanting more people who, who want to be that real. Um, but, but if you want to hide, if you want to shield, uh, you, you don't even get to get an application. So, <laughs> so you have to be real. We hit on it, I think, but I want to at least ask and just see in terms of growth, in terms of development, um, do either one of you maybe want to talk for a moment about like there was like this like this was the thing that has been uh, most and I don't know if I want to say important or you've recognized it or 
most interesting, but in terms of growth and development, the thing that you guys like seeing yourselves like, oh, this was the thing I was really had as my shadow and I've overcome it or I'm making huge progress. Like any thoughts there? So for me, as I mentioned before, just my in the past, I would I would spiral and I would stay stuck there for days at a time. And and I became an expert at beating myself up. I didn't need anybody else to be critical of me. I was already critical enough of myself. And I would say over the last year, um, I've really gotten better at that. Um, in fact, Kelsey will tell me, be nice to my Mikel. And, uh, and you being able to, to call me out on my shadows in a safe and loving way has helped me be able to look at them and not, not go down the rabbit hole. Um, not like I used to. And so, it's been amazing. And I would have to say, you know, Kelsey and I did some counseling for a couple of months when we were going through a really uh, difficult spot in our relationship. And the counselor said, oftentimes we have a tendency to just view things as black or white, or in, in my thinking, it was oftentimes right or wrong. And um, the counselor helped me shift my thinking in saying, you know, why don't you view things as healthy versus unhealthy. And, um, I would say that that's, that's helped me immensely to be able to, to look at an issue and say, okay, is this bringing us closer together in our relationship? Is this making us more healthy or is this pushing us away from each other and causing a lot of unhealthiness? And, um, that, that's, that's been really awesome to help me get away from right or wrong thinking or black or white thinking um, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? Uh, and for, for me, I think the biggest thing that I have come to understand about myself is that I used to think that the way I handled things and the way that I thought about things was the correct and the best way. And so whenever we had an argument or a disagreement about something, um, I would always feel like, well, I, you know, I'm handling this the most logical way. This is the best way, you know, and I'm, I'm right. And, um, it was actually your wife, Amanda, Bill, that, that kind of helped me to realize and recognize she called me out and was like, look, you're not right about everything. And the rough patch McKell and I had in our relationship was because I had, I had been hurt and I was scared to commit. And so I kind of had like, it wasn't me that hurt her. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't her. <laughs> no, it was other relationships. Um, I had dated a few other women and I had actually been hurt pretty, pretty bad by a couple of the women. And so I was, I was scared of commitment. And so I kind of had like one foot partially in and then one foot out, you know, just kind of as a safety mechanism. Like I'm going to be ready if things get crazy. I, I can just run. And, um, at one point I was, I, you know, things were, were shaky and I was, you know, I had probably more weight on the foot that was out and Amanda just kind of looked at me, got in my face and was like, look, you neither either need to get all the way in or you need to get out. But this isn't fair. This isn't okay. And at that point I was like, oh, you're right. I can't let my fears control me. I can't let my fears, you know, make me lose this wonderful thing that I have. And so I was able to let go of that and put both of my feet in and realize that in all of the disagreements that we have and everything that happens, there's fault um, in usually both parties. It's not just one. It's not just Mikkel. There's always something in there, too, that I've done wrong, that I can do better at. And so I've learned to step back. 
and look at things and be like, okay, where, where am I messing up in this? Where can I do better as well? And that I feel like has really helped our relationship a lot. Yeah, I would agree. I would have to say that, you know, Kelsey and I had been together for about six months, seven months, eight months. I don't remember, but we'd been together for a while. And, um, when Amanda kind of confronted Kelsey, I would say that's when our relationship really began because it was as if we had started over. Let's forget everything that, you know, either of us had done up until that point and let's, let's start over. And it was a much healthier, stronger um, relationship because Amanda was willing. I mean, it was risky for Amanda to confront Kelsey um, and cause both of us to look at our relationship and the mechanisms that we had been using, but it ended up being the best thing for both of us because yeah, you know, Kelsey talked about having, some fear of the relationship and having one foot in and one foot out. And I also had a lot of fear. I was constantly afraid of, is she going to stay? Is she going to leave me? And so that created a lot of tension in our early relationship. And I don't have any of that fear now. And I would say that we've grown so much closer together and our relationship is much deeper and stronger than it used to be. And it's it's awesome. It is. It's amazing. And I think that that's one thing that people should realize um, is, you know, you come you come out of the closet and yeah, I had this amazing connection to Mikkel and things were beautiful and wonderful. And like everybody else's relationship, it has its rough times. It has its ups and downs and and it's not it's not any different. But because of how much I love Mikkel and how much she makes me want to be a better person and helps me to grow. It it makes it so worth it. I, I want to go through all of the rough times with her. I want to have all of the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing with her. She makes me want to get through it, which is very different from my relationship with my ex-husband. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, of course we've, as a group, we've got these moments that are, I think um, they're crucial and they're the, they're the moments when we're taking a chance on each other. And when my wife kind of had that confrontation with you, Kels, like me and Chris were sitting off in the back and we were watching that happen, and we were like, uh-oh, no, 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 this is risky. This, oh, man, I don't, I don't think I would have had the courage to do that. And we just sat there watching it, like knowing, like, this could go south, this could go good. Uh, there was a lot on the table, and, uh, and we weren't brave enough to take a chance on, on the fact that it could go south, and we just weren't going to go there because of that. And and man, to, after that moment, you're right. Like I, I look back at that and I can see such a fork in the road right there. And, uh, and you guys now, like from that point forward, and again, you guys were doing generally good then. It was just, I, th- I think there was always a backup plan in case it didn't work. And now you guys have invested in each other. And, uh, and, and knowing that there's going to be conflict, there's going to be confrontation as all relationships have, but now you're in it. And uh, I, I just, I can't, like that moment, I'm going to have to edit a little bit, but that moment was so interesting to me that this group, the people in this group, that we can take chances on each other with confrontation when somebody's when somebody's needs some help with their shadows and there's not any kind of, repercussions of a loss of relationship like like Mikkel can call me on my shadows and she's not less of my friend for doing that and in fact as she's done it over and over again and we keep investing in each other like it just builds the relationship and so as each of us have taken chances on each other to to be confrontational when someone's not being healthy and to see that there's no damage to the relationship and in fact overall the relationship 
grows stronger, the bonds grow stronger, and we trust each other more. Uh, it, it has been just gorgeous. I've never seen it play out this way in any other part of my life. Yeah. Ever. And so I just think it's incredible. Yeah, I agree. I, and like you said, I just feel like it allows me to trust each of you more and more when you keep showing up in the ways that you do. You keep showing up in love and you keep showing up with without judgment and you keep showing up without expectation, it just allows me to deepen the level of trust that I have for you and the level of love because you you guys all are each such amazing and beautiful people. And I think that when Amanda did what she did with, with Kelsey, it came from a space of love. It wasn't a place of condemnation or judgment or expectation. It was just, hey, like this is we all see this and I'm going to risk hurting you or risk, you know, fracturing our friendship because I'm coming from this place of love. You need to see what you're not seeing. And it, it only, I think it only could have come from Amanda because she is such a loving, safe person. Um, I know for me, I, I don't think I could have accepted it from anybody else. And so, it, it was brave. It was brave. And it made a huge difference. And um, like I said, the way that each of you keep showing up, just the level of trust I have for you just keeps growing. Amen. Awesome. So as we begin to kind of wrap up, are there are there other stories along each of your journeys? Are there other details, other other experiences that are important to to the listenership, kind of getting a feel for who the two of you are and and for um, maybe maybe understanding themselves better as they're kind of working out their own journeys. So when when I first had come out, there was this thought in my head that maybe this was just a phase and that I wasn't really, really gay. It was just, you know, maybe things, I don't know, maybe things, things were fine and I just was bored. I don't know. So... You know, because my ex-husband's a, a nice person. It wasn't like our relationship was super bad. He was a really great guy and things were fine. Um, but when when Kelsey and I got together, um, we had an experience and it was like nothing I had ever experienced before. And, and initially there was this thought, you know, maybe maybe I'm not really lesbian. And after that experience... Things that had previously felt forced in my relationship with my husband with Kelsey felt like the most normal, natural things. And it, it was like it was what I experienced was the way it should always have been. And uh, like when we first kissed, it was like fireworks. <laughs> I had never experienced that before. And, and the level of attraction to her was something that I had never experienced before. It was, in some ways, very, very exciting. And because I was still on the fence about Mormonism, it was also still very scary. And just a, a little extra to add to that as well. Um, if In case there's anybody listening that is in a mixed orientation marriage, um, yeah, I, I might... I, I could have stuck with my marriage with my ex-husband and I think Mikkel could have done the same. We're both very stubborn <laughs> and very strong. And for the children, for so many reasons, we could have stayed in, in those marriages. But I want the listeners to understand that neither us, neither the, the gay person in the relationship, nor the straight person in the relationship will be completely happy. And I just want people to understand that that it's important for both to have happiness. When I divorced, I wanted my my ex-husband to be happy. I wanted him to have that happiness just like I wanted it. And you you go into marriage, especially in the LDS, you know, religion, the majority of the time you, you, this is your first time and they, you have no idea what to expect or what it's supposed to be like. 
And so when you have this mixed orientation marriage and you jump into it um, and you really don't know anything different, you don't know what it's supposed to be like. And I've heard from several people who were in mixed orientation marriages that the heterosexual partner, when they got remarried, were like, oh, my goodness, this is what it was supposed to be like. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we separated and divorced as hard as it is in the moment, as hard as it is at that time. And it's hard. It's so much better for both parties to have that happen. Everyone deserves happiness. Yeah. It's been interesting because I've had, I've had my ex-husband come back and say, you know, it's not like our, our relationship was bad, but man, things, you know, he's engaged right now. He's going to be married in a couple of weeks. And he's, he's like, I didn't know that what I was missing out on. I didn't know that this is the level of attraction and affection that I could feel towards another person. And he said, thank you for um, us separating and, and getting divorced because he's much happier and he sees how much happier I am. And so like Kelsey said, both partners deserve to have that. And like she said, it's not like either of our relationships were terrible. We could have probably made it work, but at what cost? Um, what cost for for both of us? Um, I've never been as happy as I am right now. Never, never knew that life could be this good. Amen. Beautiful. I uh, I think it's important. To, I mean, because I think relationships are tricky and. No relationship is perfect. Relationships have complications and they have conflict. And and I think if if people are you know generally uh, happy and fulfilled, then you know more power to them. But I think what you're speaking to is this idea that if one partner is compelling the other partner to conform to something they're not, and it's not working and it's not fulfilling. I would never want to be a barrier to my wife being happier. I would never want to be a barrier to my wife having more fulfillment in life. And and so I think what you're pointing to is good advice, which is that if you're in a mixed faith relationship and it's not working, the hope would be that neither partner is forcing the other, compelling the other to be something that they're struggling to be that's not them. Um, and to be to be kind, to be soft, to be uh, responsive uh, to the needs of another person, recognizing that regardless of what your religious system says that somebody should be, that life, being human, is much more complicated than that, and and we have to stop forcing people into boxes that they don't belong in. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So here we are. We're part three. We're at the end. We've we've had a conversation with both of you guys separately. Here we are talking to the two of you together. We've talked about what it meant to try to be something you're not in this this system. We've talked about kind of acknowledging and and kind of coming face to face with who you are uh, and just the incredible journey that life is, especially when you're open to to being better, to being more, and you find other people who are willing to share the journey with you. I I, I was so... I'm so proud of these three episodes because I've got the best friends in the entire world. Our group is just incredible. And the two of you are just incredible. And I really, what I, what I love is that people listening to this, who are followers of the podcast and who kind of feel like they've gotten to know me. Now they get to know these awesome people. I get to hang around on a, just a, at times almost a daily basis. I mean, we're always in uh, connection and conversation with each other and, just uh, just two nights ago, we were over at your house just watching a movie and just sitting next to you guys, eating some popcorn and laughing together. It just, man, I, I, I just wanted people to get to know another piece of who I am and, and the kind of cool people I get to hang around. So to, uh, to the two of you, first off, thank you for, I mean, this is some time spent to have this conversation, but thank you for being who you are and thank you for being real and thank you for being willing to share your story with people so that, so that they can learn something so that they can 
lean into their own journey by seeing connections that, uh, that they're making with yours. And uh, I just can't say enough how much I love the two of you. And my wife and I just think so highly of the two of you. And, and man, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Thanks for giving us the space and um, for helping us give voice to all of the messiness that we've been through and, and all of the, the joy of the journey. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of our journey. We love you too, Bill. Yeah, the joyful journey. You guys uh, have an incredible day. And uh, listeners, if you want to reach out, uh, message me or to Kelsey or Mikkel, uh, just send uh, send me an email or send uh, make, put a comment up on the episode and I'll make sure they get it. So anyway, I appreciate your guys' time and love you to death. Love you too, Bill. Growing up in the golden age, throwing rocks to your window pane. Kiss me once and I'll float away. But that ain't me anymore But well, I don't mind if I sell my soul To get a song on the radio Credit cards on my student loan That's a millennial Do you remember How it feels to be young? Do you remember We could be anyone I miss the news I'm drawing your room September can't wait too soon We were smoking chill It was only gym and lunch We thought it was real I was even feeling math I ain't even care yeah, Just to be around you Made it worth it I dropped out But you still said I'm perfect I remember at the prom You was perfect I remember you were walking on Graduation day I never got the chance to say That I remember All the time we spent And I remember You were really my friend Great motherfucker, yeah. Yeah, baby. It feels great, motherfucker, yeah. Yeah, baby. It feels great, motherfucker, yeah.